Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Thursday morning, July 13th, 2023. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN, the Global Catholic Radio Network. Hope your day is going well so far. Stay tuned to us all day long for great programming. Speaking of which, someone who is very involved in our wonderful programming here at the network, both radio and TV and online, is our very own Father Mitch Pacwa, of course, radio and TV host, Scripture scholar, noted author, and speaker, he joins us on Thursdays for our Cultural Connections with Father Mitch. I don't know if you had a chance to see the article that came out. There's several of them. Actually, we mentioned the story in the news briefly yesterday. There's a big story out about how America's faith in the church, public schools, flounders, nearly all-time lows, near all-time lows, according to a new survey from Gallup. Now, when they say the church, they mean organized religion. It's not just the Catholic church. We're talking about large, organized institutions, also public schools and other entities, and what's happening with how we see them, how Americans see us. And sometimes we can say, oh, it's just another survey, you know, and put it aside. But I really think it's important for us to see how we are perceived. There's an old saying, perception is reality. And unfortunately, that is very true. And so what is it that people find upsetting or distasteful? What is it that's turning them away from organized religion? And again, this is not just targeting the Catholic Church, but other large organized religions and institutions as well. So we'll get Father Mitch's take on that. And then we are going to talk to a wonderful woman who is out there on the front lines in the nation's capital. Janet Durig is the executive director of the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center in D.C. She recently posted a piece on the Hill website detailing all the different attacks, many of which were violent, violent attacks against her pregnancy center in the wake of the Dobbs decision, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, despite these issues... Janet and the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center have continued to provide love and resources to pregnant women in need. And this is a story of an overcomer, someone who pushes through because she knows that all things work together for good and that God is going to see you through it. If he puts you to it, he's going to see you through it, as the old saying goes. And so looking forward to chatting with Janet. I think we can really draw a lot from, well, I like to do this every day. It's a habit that Deacon Dom and I got into many, many years ago. But I love looking at the daily readings and see how they apply to what's going on in the world. And the last couple of days, of course, as I mentioned yesterday, we've been going over the story of Joseph in the first readings. And there's this beautiful, beautiful quote in the first reading. And, of course, it's from Genesis, the story of Joseph. And this is the time where he has this... this um, reunion with his brothers. His brothers didn't know who he was when he threw him into prison and they go to him as the second most powerful person under Pharaoh. We're starving. We need food, our families, blah, blah, blah. So he's so overcome in the reading we read yesterday that he doesn't know what to do. His emotions are taking over him. So he had the the men taken away and thrown in prison. But then he realizes that had he not been sold into slavery, not only would he have not saved his own life, his family life, the life of Pharaoh and the people in Egypt, but the family of his brothers and so many other people around the world because of his knowledge and his decency, how he came up through so much suffering into this powerful position to make a difference. 
And you see this verse toward the end of the reading today. And he says to his brothers, come closer to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you once sold into Egypt. And I love this. But now do not be distressed and do not reproach yourselves for having sold me here. It was really for the sake of saving lives that God sent me here ahead of you. So it's a good lesson because obviously if you're doing the readings, you see that Joseph was tormented. He went back and thought about the pain, but then when he stopped and reflected, which we're all called to do, he realized that had he not gone through that suffering, he would not be in the position to save so many lives, including his own, his own family, and his family of brothers and even his father. So it's a beautiful story of being an overcomer. And I think we have to remember that when we're going through tough times. And that's what we're going to talk about today also with our guest in the uh, uh, second segment. Father Mitch too, but I think Janet will be focusing more on this in terms of how do we get through these times? What keeps you going? And how do you learn from those tough times? Imagine being on the front lines in the nation's capital and being attacked as a pregnancy center. And yet you keep going because you know what you have to do because God called you to it. All right, weather-wise, we've got some issues still out there. We have scattered severe thunderstorms capable of producing heavy rains and flooding across parts of the Ohio Valley into the northeast and portions of the central plains. Widespread and excessive heat advisories and warnings are already effect across the Great Basin and Deep South as a heat wave is expected to extend into early next week. So not just the weekend, but early next week. So keep that in mind if you are traveling or have folks that need special attention, especially the, el- the elderly. It is five minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN, a busy news day, never a dull moment. Let's get started on a Thursday morning, July 13th, and see what's happening in and around the world. Yesterday, Ohio Congressman pressing the head of the FBI, Jim Jordan, pressing the head of the FBI over a memo suggesting the Bureau should begin infiltrating Catholic churches. Do you think priests priests should be informants inside the church, Director? We do not recruit, open, or operate confidential human sources to infiltrate, target, report. But that's not uh, what this this said. The internal memo that leaked from the FBI's Richmond, Virginia office earlier this year did suggest that Catholics likely had links to violent extremists. Sounds like you were trying to do it in Richmond, Virginia. No, sir. No, sir. You weren't? This this didn't happen? You can assure us that this didn't happen? That product did not, to as best as we can tell, result in any investigative action as a result of it. None. In a hearing yesterday, Jordan accusing the FBI of targeting Catholic Americans for their religious beliefs. The FBI Director Christopher Wray said the FBI does not target religious organizations and ordered the memo to be removed once he learned about it. Meanwhile, the FBI responded on Friday, according to the Daily Signal, to a lawsuit filed by an advocacy group and claimed that group is not entitled to records regarding the agency's targeting of Catholics in a memo from January. That according to documents obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Catholic Vote filed a lawsuit back in April against the agency after the agency failed to respond to their Freedom of Information Act request regarding the targeting of Catholics. The agency then issues a seven-page response to that lawsuit, rejecting Catholic Vote's assertion, according to the Daily Signal, that the organization has a right to know about the FBI's records regarding Catholics. As discussed and as you heard in the hearing from yesterday in Washington, the FBI was forced back in February to retract a memo 
that showed the FBI's field office in Richmond was considering infiltrating groups of traditionalist Roman Catholics who prefer the Latin Mass and also noted the FBI's concerns that racially motivated violent extremists could use traditional Catholic parishes and social media accounts as facilitation platforms to promote violence. FBI Director Chris Ray also offering no apology for his agency's controversial decision to target parents who protested radical, racial, and sexual-based curriculums at school board meetings around the country. He said, I think the FBI conducted itself the way it should. Catholic Vote reports the FBI had did admit that there was no compelling nationwide law enforcement justification for the Attorney General Merrick Garland's memo calling on the FBI to, to watch parents who attended the school board meetings. In other news this morning, Iowa's new abortion ban is now facing legal challenges. Abortion providers and the ACLU of Iowa filing a lawsuit to stop the legislation, which would ban most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The Republican pro-life governor, Kim Reynolds, is set to sign that bill into law tomorrow. Perry Williams tells us cleanup is underway after severe weather hit the Chicago area. The National Weather Service says multiple tornadoes touched down last night in the region, including one near O'Hare Airport as well as in Cicero. That briefly grounded all flights at O'Hare and Midway Airports. Storm damage was reported on cars and buildings, along with downed fences and trees. There is no word of any injuries. Millions of Americans are dealing with an extremely dangerous heat wave in the southwest and catastrophic flooding in the northeast. Meteorologists say a heat dome is still expanding from much of Texas into parts of California. Las Vegas and Phoenix hit triple digits yesterday. Meanwhile, heavy rains leaving parts of the northeast with collapsed bridges, washed out roads and swift moving water that stranded people in their homes and cars. In hard-hit Vermont, the rain may have stopped, but officials are warning the situation is not over yet, with some rivers and streams continuing to rise. Lisa G. tells us a majority of those in New York are worried about their safety. According to a new Siena College Research Institute poll, more than 60% of New Yorkers are afraid they're going to be a crime victim, with 17% of them admitting to buying a gun for protection. Out of the 60%, 1 in 10 New Yorkers said they had been physically assaulted in the past year. Just over 800 random city and state residents were questioned for the poll in June. Escape prisoner Michael Burham remains on the run after a nearly week-long hunt for the dangerous fugitive. His former girlfriend says he's a smart guy and loves to strategize. They just thought he was the everyday guy who was going to sit there complacently. And um, I believe that from the minute they caught him, he was probably planning an escape. Officials say the homicide suspect, who is said to have survivalist skills, busted out of a Pennsylvania jail through the roof overnight last Thursday, a week ago. Police have since been searching a nearby rugged wooded area, and police say the 34-year-old has been leaving behind small campsites as he continues to evade about 150 searchers. The University of Idaho says it will delay plans to demolish the house where four students were killed last year. Family members of the victims want that house to remain in the event it is needed for the prosecution of the suspect, Brian Kohlberger. Community members want it destroyed because it's a reminder of what happened there. UPS workers could go on strike for the first time in 26 years as contract negotiations are still underway. A new five-year agreement is in the works with a deadline set for August 1st. Meanwhile, more than 340,000 UPS workers across the country are asking for pay increases, more job opportunities, and safer work conditions. 
Inflation is up, but less than expected. Business reporter Brian Chung tells us a consumer price index report is really a mixed bag. Food and shelter did get cheaper. Again, shelter, the largest expenditure for most American households, although energy prices did go up because gas prices did take a leg up between May and June. The CPI report showed inflation went up just 0.2% last month. Meanwhile, annual inflation slowing to 3%, marking the 12th consecutive month that annual inflation has been cooling off. Aaron Rial tells us while June inflation cooled to its slowest point in more than two years, credit card interest rates are another story because they're still historically very high. Credit card interest rates now average 20.5%. That is the highest rate since Bankrate started surveying and tracking the numbers way back in 1985. The average credit card borrower has an outstanding balance of over $5,700 at 20.5% interest. If borrowers make just the minimum payment every month, it will take 17 years to pay that off. They'll also be paying $8,400 in interest on top of that $7,300. The top source of personal debt, excluding mortgages, is credit card debt. More than one-third of Americans say they're carrying their highest level of debt ever or close to it, according to a Northwestern Mutual survey. And for the first time since CNBC began ranking America's top states for business, Texas is not in the top five. The Lone Star State ranking first in 2008, 10, 12, and 18, and no lower than fifth in all other years. But this year, Texas down to number six. CNBC says the economy in every state is feeling stresses, including worker shortages and also culture wars and stresses are much bigger in Texas. The state continues, though, to be a powerhouse, trailing only California in the size of its economy. And in May, jobs in Texas grew by 4% year over year, more than any other state. And Bank of America has some explaining to do. They've been ordered to pay customers more than $100 million. Tony Waterman says federal regulators found the bank double-dipped on fees, withheld credit card rewards, and opened accounts without customer permission. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau said Bank of America harmed hundreds of thousands of customers over a several-year period, charging clients tens of millions of dollars in repeated fees and withholding promised cash and reward points. Workers at the bank are also accused of illegally applying for and enrolling customers in credit card accounts without consent so they could meet their sales goals. Bank of America must also pay $150 million in penalties and fines. A bumpy ride on a flight from North Carolina to Florida, sending four people to the hospital. Allegiant Air says Flight 227 out of Asheville experiencing severe turbulence before landing in St. Petersburg, Clearwater Airport, yesterday afternoon. Two passengers and two flight attendants were treated for injuries. The airline says it's working with the FAA and NTSB to investigate the incident. And finding their new segment on a Thursday morning, July 13, 2023 on EWTN. The northern lights may not be that visible this week across a large part of the U.S., despite some earlier predictions. Original predictions of the light show began are being visible in as many as 17 states was made with data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Space Weather Prediction Center. But those experts admit it is far easier to predict Earth weather than something like the Aurora Borealis. 15 minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. Catholic Connection, if you're a new listener, is a co-production of EWTN and the Ave Maria Radio Network. And speaking of EWTN, our very own Father Mitch Pacwa joins us every Thursday now for our cultural connections. And he's up next to talk about an important story of how we are perceived in the church and other organized religions. Some interesting numbers. We'll be right back. 
You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmidt, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmidt's comments, you'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, you'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the travel link. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Seventeen minutes past now on a Thursday. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Americans trust in critical societal institutions continuing to flounder near record lows as less than a third say they have confidence in the church or organized religion, and about a quarter has confidence in public schools. Gallup releasing the survey last week based on the response of more than 1,000 adults collected between June 1st and June 22nd. The noted polling organization sampled Americans' level of trust of more than a dozen institutions, as it has done for several years. The sample has a four percentage point error margin. 32% of respondents expressed a great deal or a fair amount of confidence in the church and organized religion compared to the historic low of 31 recorded in 2022, but still lower than the 37% recorded in 2021. So, Father, this is not just to look at an examination of how people view organized religion in in the Christian world, but this is, I think, a, an example of how they view, and they said, a number of institutions. But we need to take this seriously, do we not? Good morning. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Good, yeah, good morning to you. Um, a couple things. Yeah, it's 14 different institutions right. that are at near-record lows. Um, they're, uh, the lows... Uh, the, it was very low, if not even lower, uh, about uh, uh, four years ago, five years ago. And then it bounced up, uh, you know, uh, by 2020 a bit. And then from 2020 till now, it's come down uh, five points uh, in terms of confidence in the church. I think there are a number of issues. Uh, this does not have to be permanent. Uh, some people, uh, <laughs> those who are against religion, say, yay! 
And then uh, people in the church say, oh, no, what are we going to do? Uh, I think we have to pay attention. Uh, with all 14 uh, public institutions, that includes big business, small business, the uh, military, the police, uh, some of them are doing better. Military is doing better, and small business is doing better. Big business is down, and the police are way down. Um, and each one of those has its own distinctive problem. In the church, what we have to do is take a look at a couple things. First, I think, you know, during the pandemic, there was, um, uh, you know, a, a, a certain kind of, uh, and depending on where you were, there was an attack on the church in some places, and in other places, it was just a monitoring to make sure that the church was not a place to spread COVID, especially at a time when we didn't know what it was about, how it spread and all. So there you have a combination of things. I, I, again, in a state like yours, mm-hmm. the governor kept open marijuana stores abortion and mills. stores. And oh, abortion, and abortion mills. mills. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you still... Uh, uh, and it, but in uh, but churches were shut down with police going to get license plate numbers of the people at churches mm-hmm. and and giving them citations. So this is uh, something that uh, is one realm. Well, other places they said, well, let's just shut it down and try to pray until we figure out what's going on, and it opened up again. Um, I think in the you know. A number of people look back at the church being cowardly, uh, you know, in the face of uh, some of the governments, uh, California and others. And that's one factor. Another factor is, and, and this is an overall factor, because the trend of lowering confidence in the church goes from a high of uh, 68% in 1975, mm. down to today, where it is at, you know, in the 30s, mm-hmm. uh, mid-30s, 30, uh, 7% or so. So uh, we have to pay attention to that long-range trend even more. And I think that long-range trend indicates how churches... Uh, have done two things that I think are uh, seriously wrong. First, many people within the churches are not following their own church's teaching. They, instead of staring down the culture, whereas cultural values changed, too many people in so many uh, churches have looked at the culture and said, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe abortion is okay. And so, you know, a, a majority of, of the churches had been pro-abortion, including the Southern Baptist Convention. And, of course, all the mainline churches followed mm-hmm. the Episcopal Church. And they said, oh, okay, so we're right on abortion and birth control. Okay. Um, the, the Orthodox and the Catholics held the line. And then the Evangelicals came back up, and that's one of the things— about uh, upticks as the churches turn back, uh, because the evangelicals and Pentecostals first and evangelicals became 
more pro-life. And that that helped. But the other documents, we, we've had public arguments where um, most it started with Episcopal bishops mm-hmm. who were publicly denying the creed, not only moral issues, but they were denying the creed. And it was considered avant-garde, intellectually sound, what Bishop, um, uh, was it Spong, I think? Uh, I'm not sure of his name now. It's been a while. But he was publishing books denying point by point different aspects of the creed. And so that's going to break down confidence. Mm Mm-hmm. In the church, because the church doesn't believe what the church says it believes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that has happened with among many Catholics as well. So, you know, lots, and we see this going on at the present moment where you have Catholic bishops putting up for open discussion gay marriage, gay blessings, um, and uh, contraception and divorce and remarriage things that we've stood against, and people will feel betrayed. They will feel betrayed. They said, now you're saying you told us it was a sin? I've been dealing with this problem for years? And now you say, oh, no big deal. It's exactly the same kind of reaction that I heard from Beth after we withdraw, withdrew from Afghanistan. He said, I gave my arm my leg, my friend's life, and now you just leave? Right. That's that kind of reaction. More with Father Mitch Bakwa when we come back on this new survey showing Americans' faith in religion, schools, and other higher institutions floundering near record lows. Stay tuned. The Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. There is genuine consolation from the Catholic Catechism regarding the death of a loved one. The Christian who dies in Christ Jesus, we are told, is away from the body and at home with the Lord. Death marks the end of a Christian's sacramental life, but the fulfillment of his new birth, which began at baptism, now has a definitive conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. The Christian funeral does not give the deceased a sacrament or sacramentals because he or she has passed beyond the sacramental economy. The different funeral rites express the paschal character of Christian death. The greatest consolation to the Christian is the knowledge that even in death, 
We are separated only temporarily, that one day, if we have lived well, we will all be together again in Christ. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Taking a look at the cultural connections, we take an issue, an item, a report, a study, a survey, and ask for Father Mitch to help us see it through the lenses of Scripture and the teachings of the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Faith, our worldview, which is supposed to be formed by the Church and not the culture. Father Mitch joins us with this topic, Issues, every Thursday. Of course, you can see him on EWTN and hear him on the radio and read all of his many books and see all of his great productions. So, Father Mitch, so, so we're aware of this now. There's this information out there, and as you said in the previous segment, all these institutions, it's not just the churches that are, that are taking a look at these, these numbers, but we need to take this seriously. What do we do about people having such a low view of us? It's not about a popularity contest. It's about, it's no, about understanding no. how we're being received, because this is blocking people, perhaps, from coming back to the church, whether it be a Protestant church or a Catholic church, and maybe staying away from Jesus because they don't want to be involved in organized religion. Yeah, very, very important. I think um, it's not about, oh, we can make our poll ratings go up. This right. isn't Nielsen ratings. You know, uh, that, that's one of the reasons EW10 never got Nielsen ratings. We don't look for those kind of polling things to, to give us our approval. We're not politicians. Instead, what we have to do is be authentic to the faith and to the morals. Uh, we are called to evangelize. Our task is to, A, first of all, we have to know our faith and the morals. And with knowing the morals, it means understanding why this is good. Now, Will the culture say, well, we don't like that. That's why we don't like you people, because you tell us that we can't do this, that, and the other thing, especially in the sexual realm. And I said, we, we have to be like parents who are going to give true direction for the longer-range future than most, uh, most children would understand, and the, more than the culture understands. Individuals can be very strong, but in a group, they can be really dumb. I, I, I taught high school, and I used to say, you know, the more teenagers that are involved in a decision, the worse it is. And this is generally true in culture, mm -hmm. and that the, the church has to say, <clears throat> we love you, but we're going to, just like a parent does, but this is the way it is. This is what's true. And you, you can't uh, do certain things in my house. And this is, there are certain things you can't do in God's house. That we have to be confident by understanding the truth of our faith and understanding the truth of our morals. And that long range we are going to uh, come out ahead. But, you know, and we can say that because we've been around for 2,000 years, mm -hmm. and, we can, and we've got a, we're building upon uh, our Jewish past, so that adds another couple thousand years to Abraham. And this is something that we can say, this is true, and it works. Mm -hmm. And society is better when you obey the Ten Commandments than when you get rid of them. 
and we see that going on in our societies. That's what, why are police uh, losing their confidence in them? They're not allowed to enforce the laws. They want to. The politicians don't let them. DAs don't let them, and they know it, so they don't try. Uh, and so this is where we have to be a people that stays with proclaiming the truth about salvation from sin, but we also have to say what sin is, as God defines it, mm-hmm. and not be afraid. Yeah, Sure, they're not going to like us. Every parent has had a kid say, Mommy, I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, it hurts. All that has to go on, but you just charge forward and say, look, I already made my own friends. I don't worry about you. Well, in the church, we've got our friends in heaven. We don't worry about you being our friend, but I'm going to speak to you the truth. Right. And in at tr- the same time, we have to have a compassion. I was just going to say that. That was my them. next point. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, we, yeah, we, we know the truth. We, right. We know the truth is, is better for them, just like a parent knows that the, right. the truth and discipline and, and guidelines and structure is much better than letting a child do whatever they want to do. No parent, unless they don't care about them, their children, would say you can stay up until hours night. You can eat nothing but chocolate and, and, your, you know, and your Cocoa Puffs or your Rice Krispies. You don't have to eat anything healthy. Uh, or you can eat pretzels and chips all day long. You can watch as much right. TV as you want. But at the same time, a parent is loving and, and explain. I mean, you can't explain that to a two or four year old. So sometimes it's just to no, say, no, no, you have to, no, you have to follow it. But I think part of the, 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 the perception is that we're not welcoming, that we're judgmental, that we're mean, right. that our noses are in the air. Again, like right? a four year old who doesn't get the ice cream. Mm-hmm. You're a mean mommy. You don't let me eat ice cream now. Yeah, right. tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to eat the vegetables and the meat on your plate. Uh, before you get dessert, and that's the way life is. Uh, you know, in long range, the, the kids who are healthy, running around, playing sports, and studying hard, they're going to look back and say, my mom really was strict, but I'm glad um, I'm now the president of the company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so we're top of the class, whatever. It's, we, we look uh, ahead at, at the goal, which is heaven. That's, our goal is not survey popularity. Our goal is getting to heaven. And those of us who are in the church, if we do not teach the truth, we will be held. We'll be held accountable. accountable. We'll held accountable. And that we won't get to heaven. Like like the uh, uh, bishop who said to the Pope Saint John Paul uh, at lunch. You know, uh, holiness. A lot of our young people don't know. That, mor- that fornication is a mortal sin, and they're not culpable. And the Pope said, these young people, they are not culpable. But the bishop who does not teach them is culpable. is culpable. And that is something that it's not only St. John Paul that said that, uh, will say that, but our Lord Jesus will call us good and faithful servants when we meet him face to face, or wicked and uh, foolish servants. Yeah, I think we need to do we need to do both. We need to continue with the orthodoxy and the beauty of the truth of the Catholic Absolutely. faith, but at the same time, we need to be welcoming to people and say, "Look, we're not going to change our teachings, but you are. We want you in our home. We want to talk to you about Jesus." And I think you do that by being hospitable when people come into the church, building yeah. relationships, inviting them to coffee, inviting them for lunch, talking to them why the faith, you know, what the faith does for you, and you let them know this is why the church teaches. But you have to start with the relationship because if they feel 
that right away you're judging them and that you're going to be looking at a list of what they did or didn't do correctly, then that's going to be a problem. You meet them where you're at and you accompany them. But as Archbishop Champion always said, you don't accompany somebody off a cliff, right? You say, oh, it's fine. What you're doing exactly. is fine. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like uh, I, I use as a model our Lord meeting the woman at the well. Right. When he said, go call your husband. I said, well, I don't have a husband. And he said, that's right. You don't have a husband. You have five. <laughs> and, right. you know, he doesn't say, lying hussy. Yeah, hey, right. No, mm-hmm. no he, he says, yeah, you're right. You have five. And then she recognizes that he's a, he's yeah. a prophet. That beautiful conversation, he builds that relationship with her and that connection. That's exactly. a great example. Father Mitch, always great to speak with you. Thank you so much for your insight and your reflection. Father Mitch Pacwa from our very own EWTN. Coming up next, checking in with the executive director of the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center right in the midst of all the division and the attack. She'll tell us her story when we come back on a Thursday. Stay tuned. What can we learn from a 102-year-old doctor? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. It turns out we can learn a lot. Dr. Gladys McGarry is 102. While her tips for a long, healthy, and happy life are not all faith-based, they are worth considering. The good doctor suggests we get nine hours of sleep a night. We spend time with loved ones and build community. This is what parish life can help us achieve, right? She wants us to find and keep finding purpose in life, even after age 100. She says we need to walk, to move more each day. Even at 102, her goal is 3,800 steps a day. She suggests we avoid smoking and drinking alcohol, too. She wants us to find more love and laughter in life. Further, be a good listener. Get a load of this. She says, listening without love is an empty sound, but listening with love is understanding. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. Oh, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence. Or I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered, respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Almost 40 minutes past the hour on a busy Thursday morning. It's July 13, 2023. You're listening to EWTN. This program is co-produced by EWTN and the Ave Maria Radio Network, AveMariaRadio.net, and of course, EWTN.com. Some of my favorite people in the whole wide world are those who work in the area of pregnancy resource centers. On the phone with us is Janet Durig, and she posted late last month a very good piece on the Hill 
on Dobbs anniversary, bracing for more violence against pregnancy resource centers. So Janet, you are right there. I mean, anyone working in a pregnancy resource center is on the front lines, but I would think in the area of Capitol Hill, our nation's capital, that it really is right there in the trenches. A very powerful piece you wrote for The Hill. What are you seeing in terms of what not only your Pregnancy Resource Center is going through, but others across the country right now post-Dobbs decision? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, I think we're going through the continuation of still misunderstanding of the work we do. And I think the the dislike, the hatred, um, the misunderstanding still exist, and nothing seems to change that. But what I will say from all the centers that I'm connected with in the sense of friendships and keeping in touch with one another and the two national associations, um, all of us continue to do our work all across the country. We continue to do it uh, trusting um, in the Lord and also trusting just in, in, the, um, you know, in the support of those who, who do support us for people to be there for us. A good example would be that... <clears throat> without even thinking, um, without even asking them, uh, I found out that the weekend of the Dobbs case, the D.C. police actually stationed two cars at the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center that weekend just in anticipation. Mm. I had no idea they were going to do that, but I had volunteers mowing the uh, the lawn and pulling weeds that weekend, and they informed me that the two police cars were there the whole time and that they had talked with them and that they were – and I'm hoping that throughout the country – that pregnancy centers in small towns and big cities are all being protected and, and by others. Where do you think the, 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 the bad messaging, the incorrect ideas that people have about pregnancy resource centers, where are they coming from mainly, do you think? I honestly can't tell you. I'm sorry I don't have an answer for that. I guess what I don't understand, I don't know if it's because, for instance, the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center is faith-based. Is it because of faith? Is it because of, you know, that we consider ourselves Christians? And we believe that life begins at conception. Uh, I, I don't have an answer for that because the logic, that even though I, even you know, as I wrote in the uh, op-ed, the logic to me is if a woman, no matter who she is, if she's socioeconomically challenged or she's a millionaire, uh, if she chooses life for her child and she and she wants that life, why why are there people? who were truly angry that that person chose to keep her baby. I, mm. I don't have an answer for that. We're talking with Janet Durig on her piece in The Hill on Dobbs' anniversary bracing for more violence against pregnancy resource centers. It was posted on June 24th, and we'll have a link to it on the Catholic Connection archives at AveMariaRadio.net. She is with the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center. We had a situation, I don't know if you heard about it, but in my home, Archdiocese of Detroit, we had the Pregnancy Aid, which is on infamous 8 Mile in Detroit, which is a long road that separates the city from the suburbs. And it's a beautiful pregnancy resource center. It's literally on the same side of the street of an abortion mill. And it was targeted along with, and this was a step up in terms of the attacks. There was an attack on the home of one of the board members who happened to be members of our parish and personal oh. friends of ours. And this happened over the Christmas season. And it was just, it's very frightening when it hits close that close to home, not just with the resource center, but then they get personal and go after board members and investigate where they're living. Are you seeing an escalation? Because I know that your story, your op-ed piece talks about some 87 pregnancy resource centers being hit? Yeah, and ever since that came out, I've had phone calls from other people that said it's in the 90s. The exact number, I don't know, but the last I had been told by, you know, one of the national leaderships 
was that it was 87, but it, I think it's now more than that. And um, and I, you know, we're we're working normally as we've always done with our parenting program, uh, active uh, post-abortion healing, uh, as well as the material support we supply people and the pregnancy testings that we do. Um, we're doing, we're still doing everything, and it was quiet the weekend of the Dobbs, um, and I hope it stays that way. Uh, but I, I would love to see this country come to a, a point, the people in this country come to an understanding that um, that if a woman wants to keep her baby, she should not have to be harassed or be fearful. And that people, like, I never, I had never read or heard anything about a board member, as you just described, being um, attacked in any oh, yeah. way mm-hmm. and, and scared. And that is taking it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they went and, to their home and they bl- broke their windows. They spray painted their garage, the whole Jane's Revenge thing. I was there the morning it happened. They called us and we went over on Saturday morning. It was This is in December. And it oh, was just, yeah, yeah. And it was that, just that, horrible. That yeah. Yeah, so it's, they're, they're ratcheting it up. Don't you think, though, and, and from a Christian and a spiritual, totally spiritual perspective, that this is really a case of, of projection? They accuse us of doing everything that they do or don't do because what pregnancy resource Correct. centers do is that you're there. Anyone who walks into the building, you're not asking for their Christian card. You're basically saying, what do you need? What no. can we do? And what people don't realize is the amount. They, they say we don't give women support, that we pressure them to this or that. What abortion mill offers parenting classes, diapers, clothes, formula, cribs. I, I mean, on and on and on, the things that pregnancy resource centers do across the country. Right, right, right. Uh, it, it's, for instance, yesterday, um, two young women who run the Easter Seal Head Start program in our ward came by, and they, were, they help young women with their babies offering uh, training for their children. They, they have babysitting services that has training with their children. And so they came by because they're having a shower today for six women who are pregnant, and they wanted to know if we could donate anything. So we helped them by passing along. But what we, got, what we get in return is we learned about their service, and now any woman in Ward 6, which is where we're located, anyone who's in Ward 6, we could recommend them to this other service in addition to the services that we have. And our partnerships throughout Washington, D.C., with whether they're city services or whether they're independent or faith-based services, whatever they happen to be, if, they, if they're going to be of help to any of the clients we have, anytime we find them, we partner with them. So we, we are like, um, it's like tentacles going out for these women to help them in more ways than you can imagine, more than we can even do. And so, you know, how can anyone object to that? And I know other pregnancy centers do the same thing. Yes, I'm reading your, your, your op-ed, which is really good. You say, for a movement, talking about the abortion movement, that claims to advocate for a women's right to choose, why is it their first reaction to punish women for choosing to keep their children, threatening their well-being and the resources they need to feed and care for their babies? Absolutely. That's yeah. mind-boggling. Unless there yeah. is this, this, you know, this, this tug on their heart and the Holy Spirit is working in some way where they know that what you're doing is good and they don't want to be reminded of it. They just want us to go away. Yeah, they just want us to go away. And I don't understand why. <laughs> I honestly don't understand why. You know, at our banquet, as I'm sure you've already been aware, oh, yes. on December mm-hmm. 1st, we had um, young men and women come in, and I'd say I would guess in their mid-20s to their early 30s, and they were yelling obscenities, de- uh, 
blood on your hand every time I would start to speak. Fake I clinic, say, all that stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and this one young woman at a table that was with them at another table, uh, though I didn't, I didn't, I saw her leaving, but I didn't know what she was saying. But she got up yelling and screaming, and the people that were sitting back there heard her. She's saying, "I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore." Wow. And so. Maybe her heart was changed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was just frightened because the police were there and we had security guards and they were being dragged out one by one. And it was very dramatic. But the fact that she uh, kept yelling, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, I think as Christians, we part of our prayer walk needs to be for changing hearts. Absolutely. And we we need to pray for these people. We know this doesn't come from the Lord. And so, um, you know, every day at the center, we pray for these people. Well, you have to, because we have to pray for for those who persecute us. I mean, as Jesus said, if you're praying for everybody who loves you, you know, that's that's not that that's a lot easier to do, right? But the other thing too is is remembering that many of these people who are acting this way are coming from a pay, place of of pain themselves, oftentimes. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we don't know any of their backgrounds, and right. you, we all know that, especially young men and women, people we, you know, we, people get wrapped up in issues, and they think they're right, and they haven't thought them through. So it's a myriad of, of personalities that are doing this, and maybe for different reasons, and we, we have no way of knowing that or controlling it. Mm-hmm. All we can do, all, you know, my prayer is that we continually keep our clients protected, yep. and that we keep ourselves, and as you now pointed out, the board that everyone stays protected because this has become very dangerous. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Janet Durig from the pregnancy, uh, the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center in Washington, D.C. So we know that all things work together for good. That beautiful verse, one of my favorites in Romans eight twenty-eight: for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What have you learned through this trial in terms of helping you move forward? Janet, what do you think looking back now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess what I've learned is to, to seek reinforcement in the Lord. That's number one, um, through his word and through prayer, to, to seek reinforcement to get this work done that we're doing because we believe in it. But I also feel that there is a major need to clear up misunderstanding. Mm. But when, when people don't want to hear, but, but this group, will, I don't know how else to describe them, this group that believe what they believe, they don't want to hear it. And so it's sort of like Scripture says, sometimes things will, good words will fall on, on deaf ears. Deaf ears, yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of what's happening. So part of my prayer is to open up their hearts and their minds to learn the difference, for them to have something in their life happen that one by one they can see the other side of our side, so to speak, the side that we know is Christ-centered. Yeah, it's interesting what happened with the Detroit story for pregnancy aid is the reporter uh, from the NBC affiliate actually went into the pregnancy center and they had all this video of all the items, all the things that they do, you know, the medical aspect of the facility. And so that damage that was done to the outside ended up being a big increase in terms of donations and awareness for pregnancy aid in Detroit. It's amazing how the Lord works. And there was a, a woman who even called up and said, you know, I, I, I think I'm still pro-choice, but this kind of activity, this is just wrong. Just like that woman who got up and walked out of the dinner. So, you know, the Lord does yeah. work in mysterious ways. You don't want to see people getting harmed or attacked <laughs> or our friends getting their windows yeah. smashed in or their, or their garage, you know, with graffiti all over it in their driveway. But at the same time, my friends who are so faithful said, 
all I keep thinking about are the women who, because they, they were able to see them drive away. They couldn't get a license plate. All I kept thinking about was praying for those women who did the damage to the pregnancy center and our home and what turmoil they must be in and for God to help them to open their hearts. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. 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 Uh, we feel, you know, we feel the exact same way. And um, we just, you know, I, the other day, I'm going to switch to something sweet for a moment. The other day, my director of plant and volunteer services, Jamie Maloney, was invited to um, the high school graduation of a young lady who gave her testimony as mm. to thinking she wanted an abortion but came to the center. No one talked her into it. We simply educated her about her choices, asked, answered her questions. She left. She came back, and she shared with Jamie. This was this was a year ago. And she told Jamie that she had decided to keep her baby and how, you know, she would like to take advantage of the support we would offer. And she had gone home from, from not knowing which way she was going to go to come back and tell us she was keeping her baby. And she gave her testimony on December uh, 1st at the banquet and said, I've never known such love as mm. I have for my daughter. I've never known such love, and I'm so grateful for the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center and for the fact that I made the decision to keep her. I would have never known this. And she graduated from high school the other day and invited wow. Jamie to her guest. She used one of her tickets to ask Jamie to come and be with her, and Jamie joined her. Yeah. And those are these are life-changing moments for people. And these are the stories that need to get out there to change the, the attitude. We were talking in my last segment about the opinion of the church, how that has gone down, the overall church. But we need to keep on meeting people with love, and that's what's going to make a difference in the end. Janet, thank you for being a warrior out there on the front lines of the pro-life movement. Janet is the director of the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center in D.C. We'll post her link to her Hill opinion piece on our archive section. We'll be right back on a Thursday to let you know what's coming up on a Friday morning. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popcheck from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, and a supportive community and tons of other benefits, like my Momfidence podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's Choice in Senior Home Care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, co-produced by Ave Maria Radio out of Southeastern Michigan and EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. Coming up tomorrow, it's a Friday, and we're going to be checking in with Doug Keck, our Chief Operating Officer and President, so you can understand what's coming up in programming, so you can jot it down and make sure you don't miss a thing, and then Fact Check Friday. Have a great Thursday. Talk to you tomorrow. A domani. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.